And now, the Blaze Radio Network presents 40 Acres and a Fool. Here's your host, Cam Edwards. Greetings from the near frontier. Thank you for tuning into another episode of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network. Cam Edwards, alongside the one, the only, Miss E. Actually, yeah. not even alongside. I'm actually across the table. I get that. my own microphone. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I ain't gonna know what to do with myself. After, uh, what, something like three years or so? Maybe four? Are we doing that? Have we been doing that for that long? Yeah, I think so. Hoy. We've been here for six, so I, I think we've been doing the podcast for about four years now. Okay, well, I fi- well, we tried to have our own microphones before, but they both didn't want to work together in the same computer and so we were just sharing one big microphone which always had me having to you know move around a lot and make sure i had my voice in the right place but this is kind of cool because i can walk around i guess if i want to this is a pretty long cord it is a pretty long cord you can actually like grab it and, and move it if you want stand and up and preach i'm gonna be messing with the audio here a little bit so i apologize while we're uh, just getting yeah. started but we got uh, new know, toys we have this, new equipment so. and hopefully it'll sound better and our producer uh, the wonderful chris cruz is going to have less work to do to make us sound better so, uh, yeah. So that's just one thing. We, we, we've already talked about that. But there's a lot of other stuff to talk about since we've uh, last had a chance to, to do a podcast. Including, when did we last do a podcast? It's been a couple weeks. Okay. Yeah. So, um, let's see. So we have new chickens. Yes, we went ahead. I broke down and bought five from uh, Dirty Knees Farm. You can find her on Instagram. She's not really actively in the chicken business anymore. But since we're friends, she like hooked me up on the down low. So I got some laying hens. Um, I think they're mostly Australorps, not Australorps, um, Americanas. She was kind of breeding them for different kind of cool egg color configurations. So I think they're more or less, most of them are Americanas. Which is crazy because they look different. They all look different. One of them has, a, she's kind of skinny and she doesn't have much of a comb, but she has a righteous beard. And yes, they're all female because they're all laying eggs. That's yeah, why I bought them. Crazy she's got neck this feathers. It's big bizarre. beard. She's like the bearded lady at the circus. Mm-hmm. And then there are a couple that are almost like lavender Orpingtons. Yeah, they're really pretty gray. Um, we named them after my grandmother, my, my great grandma, my great aunt, because that whole like the Russian gl- gray gloomy. So we're going with Pearl and Ava for those two. Um, and then there's like the other two where there's like one that's predominantly bro- black and brown, but she's got really pretty feathers. They're kind of like if you've ever seen a silver laced Wyandotte, go look it up because I'm not going to explain it. But she's she's got feathers like that, only they're black and brown rather than being black and silver. Mm-hmm. But really, really pretty laced feathers. Um, so yeah. They were hanging down in the lower yard. Four of them were. And then the, when I went to go check on them, one was still hiding in the coop. So hopefully, she eventually moved her way out. Okay. And uh, everyone was, I couldn't tell who was where. So they were all mixing around. But the, okay, so the funniest thing about this is even though we continue to try to trap Clyde, he continues to get out. The rooster. So yeah. he's now renamed Houdini Clyde. So... When the chickens were brought over last night, they were brought in a big wire dog crate, and we left them outside the kitchen door until it got dark, so all of our chickens were in, and we could just put them in the coop and get everybody acclimated, right? Right. So, as the girls were outside, here comes Houdini Clyde, and he is showing off all his best moves for the girls inside the cage, like, <laughs> oh yeah, you're gonna be my new girlfriends. Well, here, look at my feathers, and oh, look at I, look how I can dance, and look at how I'm, I'm scratching, and, and it was hilarious. Like he was totally strutting his stuff. Well, he was doing that today. The new girls were down in the bottom mm-hmm. big run, and he was right along the fence, 
showing off his stuff like, surely I will win one of these ladies over at one point, even going up and down the channel next to a chicken. Wow. And it's like, and I feel kind of, we keep trying to trap him and he keeps running away. So he's like, is he living the better life? Like who's living the right. best rooster life? Mr. Crow has now 10 girls and can get, do, you, do his rooster business anytime <laughs> he wants, all the time, without any issues. But he's in captivity with food and water, by the way. Yeah. Whereas Houdini Clyde is now free. He doesn't get food. I don't feed him. He gets occasionally the chicken feed that falls out of the, or the, the, the bird seed that falls out of the bird feeders. Right. But he and can free range. He can free range. So he gets, you know, bugs and stuff. So he's still pretty healthy, but he's alone. Well, I did when I went to shut up the uh, the chickens tonight because it's supposed to get down under the teens, so it's pretty cold. Um, when I went to shut up the chickens in their coop tonight, I left the door to the chicken yard wide open. And this morning when I woke up and I looked out the window, he was in the chicken yard, mm. um, but I wasn't dressed. By, by, so, so by the time you got down there, By the time I already... got down there, he had already kind of moved out. And I tried to move him around. And he didn't want to do it. So yeah, he's really skittish. He, yeah, so hopefully he's not a moron. I mean, he's a rooster. He's a moron. But hopefully he, uh, he'll he be there in the morning and I can go shut him he, in. And then, he'll, you know, again, he should be okay. You're okay. right. Like, he's got enough girls now to that, that there shouldn't should be competition between right. him and the other rooster, Mr. Crow. So I mean, ideally, you should have a rooster for every nine hens, but... One, two, two roosters to ten should be okay, especially since how much space we have for them. Yeah. We don't have them in a little tiny yard. They've got, what did I do the math? The channel alone the gives them feet. like 800 square feet. Just the channel. No, not 800, because it's about 80 feet long, and it's only about a foot and a half wide, so it couldn't be 800. Okay, so 80 square feet yeah. just in the channel. Yeah. And then the downstairs run, the bet down run is like, it's at least 12 feet wide, and I think 100 feet long, maybe. I th- think you're exaggerating. That, well, it's at least 12 but... feet wide. Okay. It's big. It's a big, nice space for yeah. them. Yeah. So, and it's kind of, it's in the shade too. So in the summertime, when the chicken yard is getting sunshine, yeah. the, the down yard has half shade. It so. is, it is almost devoid of grass, however. So I once, know. you know, spring comes around, we got to start letting free range again for a little while because otherwise it's just going to be another bare yard and we're going to have to, you know, we'll feed them with more. We had thought about doing this before. What we were going to do is we were going to, fence off half of it and build a channel along the inside of one of the walls so that we could spike, you know, we could get them to the other side while some grass grows and then we could shut them off and redirect them again. But we haven't actually gotten around to doing that, but we talked about it. We have. I just, I worry that where that is situated, uh, that it doesn't get a lot of sun. Stuff will grow there because I had a garden Mm -hmm. down there and things grew there really well. Well, Stuff grows when it's already there to grow though that's a little bit different than you know stuff growing back but we'll see uh we gotta we we have not done anything with our planting and our seeds yet uh, so really? hopefully next time uh, we chat we'll we'll have some progress made there i hope so um Kitty cats are uh, barn cats. Uh, hopefully, they're going to stay alive for a few years because we vaccinated them and had them spayed today. And uh, that was a lot of kachings. Uh, yeah, for a couple of stray barn cats. cats. For a couple of stray cats, they are now the not so cheap stray cats. Um, but yeah, we had to do it because there was another cat who was coming around, and they were <laughs> the two of them. They were like writhing around on the deck in front of our dogs, like, Hi, Sailor, you want a good time? And I'm like, 
Really, girls? You're barking up Ruffy's tree? Not only is he a dog, but he's been fixed forever. He wouldn't know what to do with that if all of a sudden he got powers for it. Well, it's funny because Coyote, who is the more skittish of the two. So, uh, of the two cats, we have one that is called Brat Angel. I didn't name either of these. And the other is uh, Coyote. And Brat Angel... Oh, I really hate that name. Let's just go with Brat. Anyway, Brat. Call her Brat. The vet's um, name has got her down yeah. with Brat. Okay, so Brat uh, was the is the least skittish of the two, and so our youngest daughter can actually pick her up and hold her, uh, and 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 others can get within about a foot of her before she runs away. Coyote it was like you know three or four feet, and she's gone. Coyote is the one who's now all of a sudden at night as I'm coming in from my office. She's the one writhing around on the milking stand, which is outside of our, our porch. And she's the one who's, you know, hey, Sailor, how you doing tonight? And she's actually letting me pet her. Yeah. Which is crazy because she wouldn't let anybody near her at all. Well, the vet did say one of them was in heat. So, so yeah, well, I, yeah. <laughs> we got I, bonus points for getting them fixed now, by I the way. I think it was her. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... So, yes, we will have no little kittens on the farm, thankfully. And less mice, I've noticed. We already have less mice. We have to figure out a way to let them in a feed shed every once in a while, though, because all of those corn husks in that back corner are mm. the direct result of mice getting into the black oil sunflower seeds. Okay. Well, I've found several mice in the black oil sunflower seeds over they the past really couple like of weeks. Them. A couple of them were alive. One of them didn't make it. We but, also uh, need to make sure that we snap the top down. Snap. These are mice. They're, they're so they're small. Not, they're not, they can't get in there if the lid is actually snapped down. Okay. I went in to feed the birds the chickens today, yeah. and none of the feed lids were snapped down. As a matter of fact, the bird seed thing was wide open. Okay. So. Okay. All right. I rectified that. Okay, good. Good. And we have no baby goats to report on as Not of yet. Not yet. Countdown should be beginning, though, because it should be around March, towards March, April. Yeah. I know three of them are at least pregnant. I'm hoping Twilight's pregnant because she's the best milker. Right. And she was looking... The funny thing is, like, she was looking... She looked fatter a while ago, now she doesn't look as fat. So maybe the babies are moving in preparation to get born. Or maybe she doesn't have a whole bunch in there. She's bigger than the other girls. Yeah, she is, because she's half seinen. Yeah. And uh, Nigerian dwarf. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're we're on uh, Baby Goat Watch, and uh, you can be on Baby Goat Watch as well if you follow Missy on... Instagram at Corny Goat Farm. That is the best way to get all of the yeah, because that's where the of... pictures are going. Exactly, I know. Yeah, and I they'll... put them on Facebook too, but that's almost an afterthought sometimes. Yeah, right. Instagram's in my pocket. I can hit the photo, or I can go to Instagram and share the photo. It's not as easy with the Facebook app. So yeah. So I think that that does that catch us up on the farm. Um. Yeah. I kind of think so. Nothing in the greenhouse. Haven't started seeds. We got new chickens. No baby goats. No <laughs> more pigs either, by the way. Because quit sending me harassing messages about, oh, time so to sad. plant the bacon seeds. Because so we're not probably going to have any this year. Um, but I did come, We I did uh, suggest when I was we were talking about it that the next time we do have them, that we're going to get them ringed. And that means that you get rings put in their nostrils so they do not root around and ruin the land. They just eat the grass like a normal thing. Yeah. Plus, they're kind of punk rock that way. Yeah. So. We'll get them all punk and get little, you know, mohawks or something or <laughs> paint them with some fun paints. I don't know. But any, anyway. That's one of my favorite Dead Milkman songs, I think. Punk Rock Pig, wasn't punk that Punk Rock a, Pig? Yeah. No, I was just Punk Rock Girl. Yeah, it was... Don't do that either. I'm not singing it. I can mention the title. No, no, no. I just meant don't correlate a punk rock pig to a punk rock girl because then all of a sudden you got all these people going, oh, you're saying girls are pigs? No, I I know. But, you know. Five is kind of a little bit of a. They're not going to go after me for anything I say. They're going to go after me for who I am and what I do. So. 
It's we'll come okay. after me for what you say. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I think we're all... Everybody's butthurt. We're all... <laughs> yeah. Everybody gets offended. Everybody's butthurt. I think... But yeah, I think we're all caught up with the farm stuff. Okay, so uh, off-farm activities that uh, that I want to discuss here. Um, first of all, uh, the other night when I uh, posted on Twitter, if you're following me on Twitter, it's at Cam Edwards if you're, if you're not. Um, I said something about... You know, Missy didn't have a great day, and it sucks to not be able to make everything better. And I, it was just a moment where I just had to vent, and I just put it out there, and then I went to bed, and I woke up the next morning, and holy cow, there were like 4,000 likes and several hundred responses to that. And wow. so, right, so I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, I mean, first of all, you know, this was not a, this was not anything like, Anything, anything. This was not new news. This was just a bad day. Yeah, it's just being mentally sick and effing tired of having to feel sick and tired all the fucking time. And I was just, you know, feeling down and my hair comes back, but it doesn't come back. I feel like I look like a plucked chicken. With your pin and, feathers. Yeah, with my little pin feather hair that just keeps falling out and not kind of growing. Um, so I'm just feeling ugly and annoyed and just well, i don't want to get you back in that moment i just kind no, of wanted just to like kind of just I, I was just really that day i was just like totally kind of finished um but here's the thing i'm not now i just at that day it was just like totally like i know how the hell do you find the energy to just keep going when you just feel like you don't want to and like like was it dory you just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just right? keep swimming. So the next morning, though, you went from the you know trough of ah, it was a crummy day to oh Saturday was an let's awesome have an day. awesome day yeah, right it was an awesome day so uh, not many women will get to experience what I got to do on Saturday because frankly you all have hair <laughs> and you're not going to shave your head for poops and giggles just because to see what it's going to feel like because. Uh, let's face it, we're vain about our hair. I know I was. I was so devastated when my long purple, blue, and red hair fell out. I was like, I couldn't stand it. So I'm, I'm kind of like uh, embracing my baldness, but I'm only embracing it because I have to rather than because I want to. But anyway, so can I mention the name of the place or can I just say we went to a place? Yeah, mention it. Okay. So we went to this place in... Um, I already gave him a shout out on Twitter because I was so um, happy with him. It was in. It's, called, uh, it's technically in Glen Allen, but they call it the Short Pump short area pump, of Virginia, yeah. and it's called Ironworks Men's Grooming and you know Supplies or something like that. So it's totally a dude's place, but it's not like so hyper masculine. You're like gonna vomit when you go in. It's like really it's kind uh, of like industrial. It's it's called industrial Ironworks, and right? handsome so. and clean. Um, with our head shaved, so we got a free beer, and it was good beer. Like, I had a really they nice a Belgian white ale, and I got too. an extra, too, because I was apparently the my barber's very first female head. <laughs> and so he was he was feeling a little like, oh, dear. So anyway, so I got the, I got the hot lather straight razor head shave. And if you are a bald man or a balding man, or if you're a woman whose hair all falls out, I highly recommend having that done at least 
one time because it was so luxurious and it was wonderful. We just it was and it was kind of funny. I'm like, oh, I don't have to worry about my hair getting in the way. It was um they got a they did a pre-shave oil and then wrapped these super nice hot towels around my head for a little while. And then it was the hot lather and the straight razor and then even more hot lather and they went over it with like a little regular razor just to totally get it all done. And then he rinsed my head and then he gave me a, like a whole whole over head massage with a um, their house conditioner which has a little bit of an astringent to it mm-hmm. and then he put some I said he said well did you want anything else well, what would it, well, what would you do he said I'd put a little bit of the pre-oil on for the moisturizing I'm like go for it so that was the last thing I got and oh it was so lovely my, my head was like it was so smooth. Like, I couldn't stop touching right? how, how how squeaky. And I was like, we went out to dinner with our... We went over to have dinner with our friends that night. And I was like, you have to touch my head! Um, so, I was only letting strangers do I mean, friends do it, not strangers. So, but, uh, so, yeah. So, it was awesome experience at Ironworks um, at Short Pump. And then we went to... If you're in Austin, Texas or Houston, Texas, you've probably heard of this place. It's Chewy's. C H U Y apostrophe S Chewies. Oh yeah, it's some of the best Tex Mex ever. And so I was feeling like, well, I just went to Ironworks and I got a masculine head shave, so I had the Macho Burrito, which is like pork shredded on the inside and covered with hatch green chilies. And I have to say, it's probably one of the best burritos I ever had. So yeah, and you polished off like half of I that did. thing. And it was a macho burrito. I was paying for it the next day, however. My stomach was like, <laughs> oh no, you didn't. Um, and so, yeah, but it was an awesomely macho day, uh, but it was still like, you know, it was kind of girly to get done too because, you know, having your hair done, right? my hair's done, such a girl thing, but... I got no hairs done, you know. Yeah, and you look awesome. I got a lot of compliments on how awesome my bald head looks. So. I mean, it really, it and I really f- look good. This is, I actually finally, we have um, one of those chat programs where it shows your picture. Mm-hmm. And I actually posted my bald head. Because the last picture was when my hair started growing back again. I'm like, well, who knows what I'm going to look like the next time my hair comes in. So I'm just going <laughs> to go ahead and post it bald. So I've been getting compliments at work, too, about my baldness. So well, good. Eh, I'll take it. Huh? At least I have a decent shaped head. You do, <laughs> you do. And it was, it was, it was actually, it was really cool and fun to to take you there. And it was like, yeah, you're right. Not many couples get to experience getting their head shaved together. No, not at all. <laughs> I did not, however, have to get the beard trim. Thankfully, you did uh, not. Hormones Thankfully. haven't made things any weird in that regard for me. So I don't we were well. That was one of the things hair. that I, I think I said to try to make you laugh about. Uh, you know, can't you imagine, or can you imagine what would what it be like if chemo had the opposite effect, and instead of you losing all your hair, you just got really, really hairy. <laughs> Like, what would you rather have? Would you rather be really, really hairy? I guess suppose the grass is always greener, so right now you're probably really, really hairy. I'm straight. My down, head's right? cold all the time, so I actually I, I go with really hairy. But I, it's sad because there's no circuses anymore, so there's no more freak <laughs> shows. So I was going to say, well, heck, I'd be hairy because then I could join the circuit. But well, there are no more freak shows. You but can't there's, join the circuit. There's TLC. Oh, yeah. That's our new freak shows. <laughs> Reality TV are the new freak show exhibits. Don't forget to HGTV. We, we won't be on uh, you know, Cooking Channel. You can catch us on TLC. 
<laughs> no, we'll never be on TLC. My hairy wife life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if that was the case, yeah, we would totally be on TLC. Make some money somehow. So who wants to Pantene? Do you wanna do you wanna sponsor me? I think L'Oreal's coming in at a hot second. You might want to come in on this hairy action. <laughs> So, all right, so that was the uh, the sort of off-farm adventure yeah. uh, this week. My off-farm adventure this week, um, I got to do a podcast with a guy named Rob Sharkey, uh, who's the shark farmer. Uh, if you follow him on Twitter or he's got a show on Sirius XM Rural 147, and I not only did his podcast, but I did his radio show. I think he must be on Instagram, too, because I'm following somebody named Shark Farmer on Instagram who just had a cartoon comic book delivered to him that looks really cool. That would be him. Okay. I can't imagine there are too many shark farmers. No. So, Does he actually farm sharks? As we're recording this. Is that really him? It's it's the one and only Kurt Schlichter. Hang on one second. We've never done this before. Hi, Kurt Schlichter. You're, uh, you're on our podcast. We're recording it right now. How are you? to talk to you about oh all right well then hang on we're gonna pause this podcast (laughs) (laughs) we'll be back in just one moment no you just hang on listeners we'll be right back (laughs) all right well that see that didn't take long at all all right we're back and it's like the magic of radio editing anyway exactly so it was a moment (laughs) so uh and if you uh if you've not had a chance or if you've never listened to rob sharkey's podcast you really should he's a a fascinating guy and he does a great job of interviewing like i'm probably i i i i don't want to like undersell the podcast but the podcast he did before he interviewed me was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I really realized right, talking about the one with me, but the one he did before me was amazing. He interviewed this young woman who I think was 22, maybe she was 18, um, and she was working an internship at a, uh, at a at a plant, at a grain silo, I think it was. Oh, okay. And there was an industrial accident, and she basically had her scalp ripped off, and she had one of her ears ripped off, and her story of coming back just from just just physically coming back from that and then working in ag i mean it's it's it was amazing it was incredible so listen to the one with me but but really listen to oh, wow. the one before that's right i saw i when i went to follow him on instagram there was a picture of her um but by the way he's not an actual shark farmer <laughs> no he's just, not i just want to clarify that <laughs> just just make sure that it's out there he yeah, doesn't okay. actually farm sharks he's a real farmer he is. He asked us. He asked you if you were a real farmer, and we were both like, "No." Yeah. Well, you weren't like no because you weren't involved. But like, I said you no. said no. But when you were recanting the story <laughs> to me, and you we, you said, "Hey," he asked us. He asked me if I'm if we're a real farmer. And I looked at him, and we both went, "No." no. But that's the thing, homesteaders. Like, well, yeah. I mean, when when we first moved here, I remember when we first moved here, like probably a month after we moved in, the Super Bowl, and it was the Super Bowl with the, uh, I think it was the Dodge Ram. I'm a farmer, yeah, right? And I'm watching that in my farmhouse on my farm. And I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, I'm a farmer. And we're not. no, we're not. We're not farmers at all. Right. Uh, like you said, we're barely homesteaders. I even asked Rob, I said, I don't know what I am. I said, because I know I'm not a farmer. No, we're homesteaders. I don't even know. I don't even know if I'm a homesteader. I well, mean, I maybe want to be homesteaders. I think we're, I'm a fool. That's what I am. Well, I'm you're a, a fool. I'm a homesteader. Um, <laughs> I've gotten to the point where... I know I can mm-hmm. 
milk a goat and make cheese and make butter. Mm -hmm. I can grow vegetables and I can can and I can freeze and I can dry them. I can um, have chickens and I can process chickens and I can gather eggs and I can have pigs and I can butcher pigs and I can um, process pigs and I can turn them all into food. So I'm a homesteader. Just because I don't do it all the time doesn't mean that I'm not. It okay. just means that the past six years I've been accumulating the skills in case I needed to do all of these things. Okay. Not because I really necessarily want to do all these things. You know what I mean? Like, I like processing no, my own No, because you like all, doing all those things. Well, I do, but I also like sending the hogs to the butcher and getting the cuts that I want because <laughs> it's... A heck of a lot cleaner and faster right. and neater and better in my regard. And yeah, but you also like learning stuff too. I do. Like that's, that's to me, it's all about learning. Yeah, it's so, always been about learning. That's why I'm taking piano lessons. All now right. So, so how old. about we go with apprentice homesteaders? How about we do that? And we're wannabe homesteaders, I guess. Kind of like I used to be a Madonna wannabe when Part-time I was a young teenager. Part-time homesteaders. Well, we're, we're knowledgeable homesteader wannabes. I mean, we really just are. <laughs> we know what we need to do in case we need to do it, but we still go to the grocery store and support our local <laughs> farmers markets and CSA organizations when possible. Yes, that is true. That is very, very true. All right. I like that. I can handle that. Um, and, and we did actually use some of our own pork this week, right? For... Yeah, when um, what was it? The, the other night's dinner was uh, shrimp with lobster sauce. Oh my I, gosh! Okay, and it's so not lobster; it's, it's ground not. pork. I don't know why it's called lobster sauce. I don't know either, but I gotta tell you. I so. pic- Wait, I have to tell you this is funny because I posted a picture of dinner on Instagram, and it was lobster. It was the shrimp with lobster sauce on a bed of basmati rice on a white plate. And my, my first <laughs> hashtag was could be barf because it is not a photogenic dinner. Tonight's dinner. Was butter chicken, chopped up butter, uh, chopped up pieces of chicken with some onions in a tomato sauce, also served over rice. Again, hashtag could be barf, <laughs> but it really tastes good. Yeah. So this is why sometimes I I I'll share pictures of you know things that I've made, but I'm also like, man, this is just not a photogenic dinner. This is not no. Instagrammable. This this is really. And I got more comments on the hashtag could be barf than I have had <laughs> more than anything else. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, we were talking the other night. I was like, well, maybe you sprinkled like some shallots or green onions over the top. No, no that just, just looked like barf with green onions right? on it. Yeah. <laughs> but so so the shrimp with lobster sauce was, you've probably seen this in on, on, you know, a Chinese restaurant menu. And it's if you've ever ordered it, it's probably a clear sauce with like some water chestnuts and some bamboo and shrimp. And I'm trying to think of what else. Carrots. Um, this is not what I'm talking about here. So when I was a kid, um, we would occasionally go back to uh, Massachusetts to visit. And in Andover, Massachusetts, there was a Chinese restaurant called China Blossom. I wonder if it's still there. I think it is. Okay. And uh, I loved going to Andover, Massachusetts. The Andover bookstore was like my favorite bookstore in the world. It was just this old house and it was just filled with books and overstuffed easy chairs. That was amazing. Bookstore like that near the beach once, didn't we? Uh, yeah, in Kerala. Thanks, in Kerala. Yep, yeah, okay. Near the Kerala Lighthouse. Okay. Um, so, yeah, so the Andover Bookstore and then China Blossom. And China Blossom, their shrimp and lobster sauce was this, like, pork gravy with, like, minced pork and big shrimp and then little bits of egg 
floating around in it. I don't, I don't know. Again, I don't know why they call it lobster sauce because there's no lobster in it whatsoever. Uh, but it was... I guess with shrimp and pork sauce doesn't sound as appetizing. I guess. But it was so good. And I remember I only had it like two or three times as a kid, but it was so good that it stayed with me. And every time I would go to a Chinese restaurant, I would ask, what is your shrimp and lobster? Because I'd see it on the menu and I'd say, what does it look like? And they'd say, oh, I don't know. And I'm like, that's not it. That's not <laughs> it. It's not the one. So that is not the one. finally, like a year ago, I think it was getting ready for my birthday. Oh, it was longer than that, I think. Was it maybe two yeah, years ago then? at least two at least. Okay. And so Missy asked me, you know, what do you want for your birthday? Because it's kind of a tradition that... Birthday person gets to pick their dinner and cake. Right. So I said, if I can find this recipe... Will you make shrimp and lobster sauce? Because I know that Missy can cook anything. Yeah. If I give her the recipe, she's going to do an amazing job with it. And I found it online. I found the recipe and I gave it to her and she made it. And it was amazing. It was just as good as I remembered when I was a kid. How often does that ever happen? Like when you think back to your childhood and you get to experience something from your childhood again, you're like, oh man, you know, it was really weird. It's, it's not like it was. No, this was just as good as it was when I was like eight years old. It was amazing. And since then, this has become like one of the favorite meals for not just for me, but for the family. Yeah, it is. It has been. It's it's a quick. Once you have your mise en place, it's actually a fast dinner. It actually takes less time to cook the shrimp and make the sauce than it does to make the pot of rice to go with it. Right. It really does. Yeah. And actually, it's probably about even. It takes about fifteen minutes. But you but you have to have the 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 shrimp peeled and the, the sauces mixed and the you know sitting in the the you, you kind of coat them in whatever. Uh, I can share the recipe, I think, on the Cornelia Farm page on Facebook. Um, but yeah, You can take a picture of the recipe and actually put it on Instagram, too. I've done that, too. But the problem is, is that and people have a hard time. When you want to print oh, it from yeah. a picture, if you have a, a photo printer, it'll want to print it as a picture. Oh, okay. Whereas I can post it as a document. That's true. All right, we'll go to the to. go to the Corny Goat Farm Facebook page. And if you don't Next do couple of Facebook, days, we'll figure it out. I, I, I know I put it out there. I also know that somewhere out there is the, I thought, and I'll have to check too, I think the butter chicken recipe is out there. So the funniest thing about the butter chicken recipe is, so for the first time ever, I actually, I ran, I, I ran out of garam masala because I usually use that and all these other spices that are in the recipe okay. to make it. So my recipe, my my butter chicken is like, well, this recipe is more of guidelines than rules per se. But this time I didn't have any garam masala, so I actually followed the spice recipe to the T. Mm. But when I finished it, I forgot to add the cream and the cilantro at the end. <laughs> I Which like, I gotta say, like, was okay. It was a little thinner than it normally is, but it's less less fat, right? But it was still good. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was still pretty tasty. But I was just like, what did I forget? And then I was just like, so did you did you add the? Cream I added in the before cream you, to the the leftovers, the leftovers before I put okay. them in the fridge. So right. tomorrow's will oh, be. Man. I think I think butter right chicken's way. even better the second day. I really do. I love the sauce. I'll just have the, so a bowl of rice with a lot of bu- the butter chicken sauce because it's just super yummy. Um, and it's it's again, it's one of those easy recipes. It does, however, if you don't have garam masala, then you have to have a lot of spices. But if you're a big cook, you're these are going to be things that are in your co- your cupboard anyway. If you're like an international cook, mm-hmm. and because I like to cook Asian and Hispanic, I have cumin and coriander. And so that actually sh- this shows up in in the uh, the butter chicken, which is Indian. Okay. And I have cayenne pepper, also you know something common. And you know where I get all my crazy spices at the Mennonite store. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> at the Mennonite store, at not the Mennonite at the not store. at the Amish deli. No, at the Mennonite store because okay. I've been going to them longer, yeah. and I know exactly where they are in the store. And they're little; they're like plastic tubs that are like I don't know, two inches, two, three inches across. Is uh -huh. that about three inches across? Yeah, and like an inch deep. Okay. And so what? So the labels on the top. So when I take them home, I stack them, but with a Sharpie, I write on the side what is in the thing. So I can go look at my cupboard and I can just spin the piles of containers to find what spice I need. Oh, okay. But if you have an international spice cabinet, you can make this, or you can just go buy some garam masala and just use all of that instead of all of the other stuff. All right, so if you find the butter chicken recipe, will you post that on the Facebook page too? I will, I will. Okay, all right. Well, before we, I mean, now that we can run out of time, we can go as long as we want. We can do an eight-hour podcast. Oh, and the really non, to, but too. I don't, oh, you have non. to have non. Yeah. And non is, for people who don't know, non is uh, the an Indian flatbread. Um, not roti, because roti has f more layers. Think of this as like a fat taco, like a super thick, fluffy taco like a pita bread that won't split mm. but moister because when you cook it on the flat top you're buttering both sides with butter yum man the butter was all over this but that's again it's butter chicken yeah all right so uh let's get to some emails oh, here yeah we have a couple i think we do uh including one from mark uh and i think this came in like right after we did our last podcast so i don't think we had time to to include it um, Mark says, I'm literally in the thick of Mardi Gras 2019. Well, not anymore. Oops. Hope you had a great one, uh, Mark. That was yesterday. It was. One of my mental escapes during a long 12-hour shift, 11 out of 12 days, besides counting down to Ash Wednesday, is planting my garden down here in South Louisiana. Oh, nice. Or Louisiana. No, not Louisiana. 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 <laughs> Louisiana. Last, last summer, Mark said I was working nights, and in the summer I didn't have time for a garden, so I went to hell in a handbag full of weeds quickly. Uh, the one constant su success that I've had, he says, is potted herbs, especially my rosemary. I've gotten good at a chicken on a charcoal grill with Creole mustard and champagne glaze marinade that I sort of stole from Steve Ranella over at Meat Eater. I won't tell him. Uh, the other thing that took off, Mark says, and made it were some McMahon Texas bird ornamental peppers. It says, I found them at Seed Saver Exchange, and I tried to grow them unsuccessfully up in New England when I still lived up there, but now in the South, I can say that I'm growing something in my small garden that came from seed stock that was once grown at one time by Thomas Jefferson and Monticello. That amazes me. That is so cool, Mark. And we did the same thing, not with the, the ornamental peppers, but our first garden, we had these little melons from Thomas Jefferson's garden that we tried to grow, and... We didn't do a very good job, which is weird because Monticello is like forty miles away from us. So you'd think if it worked for Tom, it would have worked for us, but it didn't really. They didn't really work well for us. Uh, Mark says I'll give some Creole tomatoes a whirl this year, as they do well down here. Also, some purple basil for tomatoes, basil mozzarella with a balsamic vinegar, bit of pink Himalayan sea salt over the top. Mmm. All you need is a nice loaf of a baguette, warm baguette, and a bottle of Chianti, and you got yourself a hot date. Even with yourself. <laughs> uh, and Mark says, all my best to you and Missy. Mark, again, I hope you had a very, very good time at Mardi Gras. What is the thing you say? Uh, um, I See, I was going to say, like, it's always, I always get it confused with voulez-vous avec moi, c'est soi. And I that's know, not it's, it. It's like, it's let the good times right. roll, but I don't know how you say it. And so there you go. voulez bon temps rouler, I think, something like that. Well, don't, don't. I went to New Orleans for spring break, uh, but never for Mardi Gras. I've never Spring break was crazy enough. Either. You want to go? Not necessarily. Okay. Good food down there. I'm sure. 
You know how much I love to travel to places to eat when I can just make it myself. <laughs> we used to have Mardi Gras parties, and I've made muffalettas. I know oh, how to make banyay. I made a really yummy... Uh, uh, um, I've made... So we have Café du Monde banyay mix in our house right now. Deviled shrimp and crawfish etouffee. Yeah. Gougères. King cake. King cake. I've done it all. Yeah. I know how to do it. Like I will take anybody's food culture on and i will master it and you will be like wait how are you not cajun <laughs> oh because you know i'm just like that i'll will culturally appropriate any she recipe miss cultural appropriation i am i'm gonna i'm gonna take your food i'm gonna make it better than you do <laughs> uh, mike in michigan uh check it in says uh, hey missy and cam we are just about at the will this ever end portion of winter Oh, I've been where you are. Long ago wore off, and now we just want to be able to feel our toes again. He said that polar vortex was no joke. Uh, But thankfully, our uh, old house did not have any pipes burst or anything. Mm. Um, Now, Mike says um, there is some concerning news to share. Uh, We have been uh, following Mike, and his wife's been having some uh, some issues that have taken her to the hospital. Some some minor things. Um, Last visit to the ER, the doctor, uh, Mike says, saw something on a test into the skin of her neck. Uh, there's a lump on her thyroid. Oh, Not dear. sure what it is, but it's concerning enough to require a biopsy. Yeah. On um, uh, mid March, he says we're nervous, but we're looking at it as there's nothing to be afraid of unless there's confirmation that there's something to be afraid of. Right. Exactly. Could be a cyst. We won't know until they look at it. She could use a bad a, a break on bad medical news as she's never really had one given her long list of health issues since birth. Oh. And Mike, please know that uh, you and your wife are, are are both in our prayers and. We've got our fingers and toes crossed that it is nothing. And I know it's, it's the hard, it's the easiest thing in the world to say. And it's the hardest thing in the world to do to say, you know, there's no point in worrying about it because worrying about it doesn't change anything. Um, well, that's the, that's, that's that. Do you remember I told, we, we were, I think we talked about it in the last podcast. You had me read that book on Stoic philosophy. Mm-hmm. And so there's. It, worry is like a is, is like a Zen di- diagram. There's like there are things over which it's you like have completely control. Zen diagram. Then. Then. Oh, you're right. Not Zen. That'd be a whole different kind of diagram. What do you mean? Oh, me. Anyway, so it's a Zen diagram. So there are things over which you have complete control on the far side. There are things over which you have no control. And then there's overlapping. There are things where you know you can have a little bit of control or of some, some sort of say in the outcome. So mm-hmm. but you, you still have not. So they say well. Why are you going to bother worrying about the stuff over which you have no control? Because you're spending negative energy on something that, you know. Right. That that you can't. You, you, that, that, that no doesn't matter what make you do, it doesn't make any difference. The other. Right. Right. So uh, all that being said, I know it's easier said it's, than done. Yeah, it is. But I try to feel that way. Like when we go to medical tests. Like the very first time when, yeah. we, when we went in and they said, well, well they're getting bigger. I'm like. Well, shit, I kind of expected that. Like, I wasn't as devastated as I thought because I was kind of prepared for the worst thing that could be, which was that the tumors are actually getting bigger instead of smaller. Yeah. And I wasn't as floored because mentally I was kind of prepared because, you know me, I'm the girl who doesn't see the glasses <laughs> half full or half empty. I see it as the, it's glass and it's going to break anyway. Exactly. So. Right. <laughs> but listen, Mike, uh, we love you guys and we're thinking of you and uh, and, and please uh, know that you're, you're in our prayers and please keep us up to date with what's going on yeah. uh, with Mrs. Mike. Uh, Mike says to end on a happy note. Wrestling season is over, and the boy came in second in his weight class in the Woo-hoo! conference. 
only, only lost to a teammate who's been wrestling forever and does it year-round, so no shame in that at all. Not no. too bad for his second year ever wrestling. That's awesome. It is very good. Very soon, shooting season ramps up, provided it ever thaws enough for the throwers to work so they can throw those clays. Mm. Uh, I am uh, I, my, my, my thoughts for a warm and uh, rapid spring. We're not you, actually, Mike. we don't have the cold cold. Here, we just have the relentless wet. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't seem to ever, today, oh dear, knock on, knock on knock something, on, knock on go. the wood, no, no, quietly no. on the desk, um, today we actually had a really actual sunny, cold day, but yeah. it was a sunny day. Right, it's been, and, yeah, when it's been really wet, it's been warm enough that it's been rain for the most part, Yes. and then usually after the rain goes, we get a couple of really cold days. So right, just, so the mud just freezes, Right. it doesn't necessarily dry. Yeah, and then it thaws, and then it's mud again, and then then it's raining again. So it's 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 just been this really yay. I'm so glad that our well is full. Sort of kind of winter spring, thing right? But it's on. also like okay, do we really have something starting to go wrong with our you know septic drain field, or is it just because it's so bleeping rainy? I talked with my friends who's a plumber, and he's like, yeah, a lot of people are having trouble. It's because it's and I'm like, well, rain. could you still come out and take a look because you're the expert? Well, thankfully so. we don't have any troubles in the house again. Yeah, knock on knock wood. on the wood. Yeah. All right, so uh, one more email from our friend uh, Jim in Colorado. Who says, uh, uh, Cam, I want to recommend another podcast to you. Um, it's uh, Econ Talk. He said it was uh, great to hear from a non-hunter who is preserving, who is a realist about why trophy hunting is beneficial to preserving some of our most beautiful animals. Hmm. Um, and it's Catherine Simser on Poaching Preserves and African Wildlife. She's with the uh, Property and Environment Research Center. Uh, talking with Econ Talk host Russ Roberts about the role of incentives in preserving wildlife in Africa, which is interesting because, you know, BuzzFeed just did this big story about uh, the World Wildlife Federation, right? And how the anti-poachers that they hired have apparently been, in some cases, been brutally murdering uh, suspected poachers and, like, you know, kids as young as 12 um, like they, they've been, they've been, well, they've been a little strong armed, been accused of doing some pretty horrific things as poachers have also done. Like this is, this is one of the things that I, I think we, this you know, the, the word, difference. the word privilege gets thrown around a lot, but yeah, but we are a little privileged not being over there and witnessing right. all of the interplay back and yeah. forth. We don't have an um, idea about this culture, but the, the idea of incentivizing, I think is actually, this is a way to reduce poaching as well, because now all of a sudden, there was so there was recently a guy in uh, tro- a quote unquote trophy hunter right from the United States went over to Pakistan and got a mountain goat and paid like one hundred eighty thousand dollars to get this mountain goat. It's a lot of money for a it's goat. a lot of well because there aren't many of these mountain goats around and they only release like four permits a year. It's the national animal of Pakistan. Okay, and it's endangered, but by paying. By saying, okay, we're going to do like, you know, four permits a year and you get the old ones that can't breed who are going after the younger males, right? You're, so you're, they, you're, you're actually they, helping them. Yeah. See, this is right? the thing. They're, they're getting rid of the animals that can't, aren't, aren't going to, aren't going to contribute to the, the, the ecosystem. Right. So. But, but more importantly, like, so. The country's getting a lot of money. Well, not just the country, but the the actual villages in these areas where the mountain goat habitat is. And so there was a villager who said, before we did this, the the muckety mucks in Pakistan, the generals and the politicians, they would fly in, 
they would hunt however many of these that they wanted, and then they'd leave, and there was nothing we could do. Right. He said, now, each one of these goats is worth $180,000. We have an incentive to protect them. We have an incentive to, you know, to, to, to make sure that this population is growing. Right. When you look at, you know, and it's, it's, it's hard for some people to get into this mindset because they see animals and they just think, well, animals and cuddly. When you think of animals as renewable resources, which is really what they are. Yeah. Um, yeah, you want to be good stewards for that renewable resource, right? You just like if you, you know, you don't want to just, you know, strip mine a mountain away. Yeah, I right? was, yeah. Or, or you know, just, uh, you know, slaughter every buffalo on the Great Plains. But when you start looking at these things as renewable resources, then you you really do conserve them. You really do start to to protect them. Yeah, people have a tendency to poly anthropomorphize animals though and so that's what they're that's what the problem is it's like oh no we shouldn't do this to them well they do and i I think you know again there are people who aren't hunters sometimes i don't know why we want to do that i mean you know again if you don't do something it's easy to say why would anybody do that right well somebody asked me okay why would why would you hunt giraffe i'm like okay well why would you not hunt giraffe because probably what happens is that um where they are there are more people and where there are more people, there are less predators. And where there are less predators, there are more giraffe who are breeding uncontrollably who are now going to starve to death because they have, they're have they going to outstrip the resources unless they are selectively hunted. So what's more humane? Letting them live lives where they starve to death? Yeah. Or doing the selective reduction that they allow? And those places where, again... They're little villages that not only do they get the the meat of the kill, they also get the most of the money. Right, they get the wages the, right. that's coming in. They get the wages of the guides that are taking the people out, and the people who are making the food, and the people who are servicing them, and the people who are making their beds every night. I'm like, this isn't a, a tourist industry, too, mm-hmm. and it's a way for a lot of different levels of people to make a lot of money for their little impoverished, you know. Village areas. And, and by the way, I got nothing against ecotourism. You know, I think that's 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 fine. I think you can have both, but um, I think this I, is I mean, ecotourism. Honesty, well, ecotourism is you go and you take pictures. That's the you know the kind of the definition. You well, this is actually shot. more ecologically conservative I, tourism. I agree, however. but I think that there's look, there's room I for it. both. There's room for both, right? Um, but it seems like there there are some folks who really only want it to be one, and those folks all seem to be. On the side of the photos, no photos and no hunting. Exactly. Yeah. All right, we are going to depart because it's getting a little chilly here. So I think we're going to move to a, a warmer spot. But I thank you so much for tuning in to this edition of Forty Acres and a Fool from Blaze Podcast Network. Again, you can follow Missy on Instagram at Corny Goat Farm. You can follow me on Twitter at Cam Edwards. You can email us at fortyacrefool at gmail dot com or Facebook. Uh- Corny Goat Farm yep. as well. Uh, you can uh, send us cards and uh, stuff at P.O. Box 817, Farmville, Virginia, 23901-0817. I think that's our, uh, I think you're right. our zip Look code. You. Wow. Well, uh, yeah, because the last four digits are the post office number. Yeah. So, so there you go. And uh, until that's we talk again, be safe, have fun, live a little, learn a lot. And make stuff. And we'll talk to you soon with another edition of 40 Acres and a Fool here on Blaze Podcast Network.
40 Acres and a Fool with Cam Edwards on the Blaze Radio Network.